Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Matthew chapter 5. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, when we read this chapter, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we realize how far we are from truly being what you want us to be. It's a shocking thing to realize that we are not living up to your high standards. We want your righteousness. We want to be wholly set apart for you. And yet we are so far. We pray that you would give us your righteousness, change us, make us what we need to be. We ask for your help. Pray that we would live loving everyone, including our enemies. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 Now when he saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples approached him. And opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the ones who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you, lying on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, because your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt becomes tasteless, by what will it be made salty? It is good for nothing any longer except to be thrown outside and trampled underfoot by people. You are the light of the world. A city located on top of a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and place it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it shines on all those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people, so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one tiny letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all takes place. Therefore, whoever abolishes one of the least of these commandments and teaches people to do so will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever keeps them and teaches them, this person will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness greatly surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people of old, Do not commit murder, and whoever commits murder will be subject to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry at his brother will be subject to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Stupid fool, will be subject to the council, and whoever says, Obstinate fool, will be subject to fiery hell. Therefore, if you present your gift at the altar, 
and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and first go, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your gift. Settle the case quickly with your accuser, while you are with him on the way, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will never come out of there until you have paid back the last penny. You have heard that it was said, Do not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of your members be destroyed than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of your limbs be destroyed than your whole body go into hell. And it was said, Whoever divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except for a matter of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it was said to the people of old, Do not swear falsely, but fulfill your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, either by heaven, because it is the throne of God, or by the earth, because it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, because you are not able to make one hair white or black. But let your statement be, Yes, yes, and no, no. Anything beyond these is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist the evildoer, but whoever strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And the one who wants to go to court with you and take your tunic, let him have your outer garment also. And whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven because he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends his rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not the tax collectors also do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing that is remarkable? Do not the Gentiles also do the same? Therefore, you be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. It starts out saying he went up on a mountain. We call this the Sermon on the Mount. It's actually the next couple of chapters after this, so three chapters of sermon. It's the longest of the five discourses, really the longest speech we have from Jesus. There's five speeches or monologues, discourses, whatever you want to call it, that Jesus gives in the book of Matthew, and this is the first and the longest. It starts out with the Beatitudes. Beatitude is a word that just means blessed, and he says blessed are those. Some people have made a play on that. These are the Beatitudes, attitudes you should have, and it makes a lot of sense. He starts out saying where our mind is supposed to be at, where our hearts are supposed to be at, at the beginning, and then 
he gets into some details. In the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are so-and-so because they get such-and-such. And he starts, blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and ends, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he starts and ends with, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is perhaps the great kingdom discourse. We could call this, this is the king telling the rules of his kingdom. He says, we are to be different. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We have to look different. So if our standard is, well, I'm better than so-and-so, it's not good enough. We need to be a light. So we can't compare ourselves to other people. We need to compare ourselves to light, to God. In fact, he ends saying, therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That's our standard, not other people, but God. How can we live up to it? And so he goes through and shows us each of these laws, how they mean much more than just the very specific keeping of that particular law. He says, you have heard, do not commit murder. And we say, great, I haven't killed anybody. I'm all set. And he says, I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. See, we might in our minds want to kill somebody, but no, I won't kill him because that's wrong. But I can hate him. And Jesus says, no, you can't. Even being angry with our brother is a problem. It goes much deeper than, than the ultimate action of killing. And he goes through each of these laws where we might try to narrowly define it. We say, well, I haven't committed adultery. Yes, but what have you thought in your heart? Have you lusted? We might think these are new rules that Jesus is giving. He lists them in a way that sounds like rules, but he's just giving us examples to help us understand what the rules really mean. These are not rigid rules that he's giving to us that, well, we specifically have to not say certain things about a person, but hey, we can say anything else because Jesus didn't say, I can't call him an idiot. No, Jesus is talking about our attitudes. And so he's giving us specific examples of what it would look like to have the wrong attitudes. So in a way you could say, well, the whole sermon is be attitudes, attitudes we should be. We need to have the attitude of God. And how can we do all this? We are to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. When we see all these things, it might help us to be poor in spirit, to be humble and say, I'm not what I need to be, and mourn about how poorly we are keeping God's laws. And that takes us back to the blesseds at the beginning. God wants us to understand our position and to want to hunger and thirst for this righteousness, to realize we're not there yet, but we want to be. And now for a deeper dive. Are we saved by keeping a set of rules? If so, we are in trouble. That's what Jesus shows us here. We can't be saved by keeping a set of rules. We don't live up to it. So what's the solution? If we go to Romans chapter 5, we'll get there eventually in our reading. I just want to bring this up now. Romans 5, I'll start in verse 1. Therefore, because we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope and the glory of God. 
And not only this, but we also boast in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces patient endurance, and patient endurance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, yet at the proper time, Christ died for the ungodly. For only rarely will someone die on behalf of a righteous person, for on behalf of a good person, possibly someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, by much more, because we have been declared righteous, now by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, by much more having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. And not only this, but also we are boasting in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Now, reading that, we might be tempted to say, Great, I don't have to keep that Sermon on the Mount. I can ignore all those things. No, we still want to be righteous. We go to Romans chapter 6, and Paul asks that question. What therefore shall we say? Shall we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? May it never be. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so also we may live a new way of life. So we hunger and thirst for this righteousness, and God just gives it to us. But we still work to become what God has called us to be. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.